0: You know, sometimes in this fast-paced world we live in, I think it's good just take some time and just praise the Lord. Amen, hallelujah. Oh God, you've been so good. Your mercy is good. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, you can be discouraged. You can be dealing with all kind of problems. And if you just start to praise God, you can just feel the Lord just start to lift you up, amen. Take you to a higher place. Amen. We are so delighted to have Pastor Joel Urshan with us, pastor of First Apostolic Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. God just recently blessed them. They were able to move out to seven acres, I believe, or more out on the interstate. Right there where two main interstates come together in Cincinnati, and uh, they're remodeling the church they're in. They're going to be building a new sanctuary. And I was with them last year. I'll be with them again in November, and I was so excited to see how God has just brought tremendous revival to that church. Of course, brother and sister Urshan and their family have been close friends of ours for a number of years. I believe brother Urshan was about 15 or 16 years old. He doesn't look much older than that now, but he is. I don't know how these guys stay young looking so long, but I think he was about 16 when he first preached uh, his first revival for us. And we became good friends from that time till now. We've just had the opportunity to serve together and travel together and preach together. I just so admire uh, this good man and his wife and their family and what they're doing for the Lord. We're honored to have them here at First Pentecostal Church in Palm Bay. Would you make Brother Urshan feel welcome? God bless you. Let's
1: give the Lord a great hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Let's love him today. Thank you Jesus. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody give him some praise today. Praise him because he's worthy. Praise him because he's worthy. Oh. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a wonderful, wonderful privilege it is to be in the presence of God in this place. And uh, we love coming to First Pentecostal Church, Palm Bay, Florida. Uh, You are a very special people. Uh, You're special to us and you're special uh, in this city and around the world. And it's an honor to be here with you. I'm going to give honor, of course. To uh, Pastor and Sister Myers, and uh, let's give them a great big hand. And uh, we love them so very much, and they've been dear friends for many years. And uh, and it, you know, when you've been friends with somebody for many years, uh, you develop quite a, a loyalty to them. And uh, we feel so very uh, strong about our, our uh, love and appreciation and respect for your pastor and his wife and their family. And, uh, you know, sometimes you got to work hard to be my friend. There's a lot of, there's a lot of touch and go situations. <laughs> sometimes I lose my keys at the worst possible moments. And it takes a little, takes a little uh, patience to be my friend. And your pastor's a very patient friend, and I appreciate that so very much we're delighted to be here with you today my family is able to be here with me and I'm so thrilled about that my lovely wife Heidi my beautiful daughters Anna and Sophia of course Anna was here with me a couple of years ago and it's just a great privilege to be able to be here with you in the presence of the Lord and I'm going to turn your attention this morning to the book of Isaiah and the 61st chapter Isaiah chapter 61 And I'd also like to read from Luke, the Gospel according to Luke, and the fourth chapter. Isaiah chapter 61 and Luke chapter 4. What a great congregating of people here this morning. And uh, I tell you, every time I come to First Pentecostal Palm Bay, there are more and more people. (laughs) Glory to God. I think that's wonderful. Amen. And, uh, and it's exciting to see what the Lord is doing. This is an exciting church. And God is doing wonderful things. And you're truly blessed to be a part of this great family. Amen. Isaiah 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Luke chapter 4 and verse number 17 and there was delivered unto him meaning Jesus the prophet of uh, the book of the prophet Isaiah and when he had opened the book he found the place where it was written the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at Liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord and he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began to say unto them this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears Amen. I want to preach to you from the statement in the book of Isaiah that says it like this. He came to bind up the brokenhearted. And I want to preach to you today on this subject, binding up the brokenhearted. Binding up the brokenhearted. Let's go to the Lord together in prayer. Jesus, we love you today. We love you today, and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the grace that you have bestowed upon us. We thank you, Lord, for the mercy that you extend to each of us. And I pray that the power of the Holy Ghost would be resident in this house. I pray, Lord, that there would be an anointing, hallelujah, to reverberate in this congregation. Allow your messenger to preach your word and allow all of us to hear it, to receive it, to apply it, to believe it. To obey it in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. And everybody said, In Jesus' name. name. Amen. Amen. Why don't we clap our hands one more time unto the Lord? (laughs) Praise God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you very much for standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. The Old Testament is one of the very amazing uh, parts of the Bible, uh, because of the fact that when you read the Old Testament at first glance, you may think that you are reading a collection of inspiring accounts of very unique and interesting people. But when you take a closer look, a deeper look, you discover that you are reading about people who lived lives that that were not just their own to live but the scripture says that they were becoming examples to us and they began to experience things in their life challenges and various various uh, assignments and appointments from god that that We're delivering messages to people who would live beyond them. Messages about a Messiah who would be coming. A Savior who would be coming. Of course, we know as Christian believers that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. We know that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He is the one who was and is and is to come. The Almighty God. And, and the Old Testament was speaking to that in a veiled version, if you please. And of course, it was unveiled at the time when Jesus entered the picture, or it was revealed when Jesus entered the picture. And so not only were lives lived that gave proof to this truth, but there were scriptures that were written and spoken That also gave proof to this truth. The scripture says it like this. The scripture came not in old time. Of man. But by holy men of old. Who spake. As they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And it was a more. When Jesus entered the picture. It was called a more sure word of prophecy. And it was just. It's just amazing when you look back on it. That these prophets spoke and when they spoke they spoke of jesus they talked about a virgin who would conceive and bring forth a son and his name would be called emmanuel god with us they described that at evening time it shall be light that a light would arise upon the gentiles and that that the the nations of the earth would be drawn to the light that would rise ultimately and Throughout the Old Testament, you see the Scriptures giving proof to the life of Jesus Christ. Later, we would read the words of John that told us the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So Jesus had, when He entered into this world, He had the, the power of prophecy to validate everything that He said and did. Whenever He would perform the job, the assignment of saving the world, and all that was involved with that, and the intricate details of, of, of applying that, it was, it, was, it was to fulfill one prophecy after another. And every time he would fulfill a prophecy, it would give further credence to the fact that he is, in fact, the one that was told about. And so when Jesus stood up in the synagogue in Luke chapter 4, where we took our text this morning, he had an array of prophetic writings to choose from, all of which would lend themselves as bona fide evidence that this is the one. And so Jesus, having all of these to choose from, he chose perhaps the most poignant when it came to describing what he came to do at that point, at that moment. And he chose from the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. Out of all of the writings, Zechariah, Micah, David in the Psalms, Moses in the, in the books of the law, he looked at the prophet Isaiah and Isaiah said something about the coming of Messiah that Jesus realized, really pinpointed the exact moment when he would reveal himself to those who would see him on this earth in a physical manifestation. And he said, I want you to know something. This is going to be unlike any other scripture reading that you've ever heard. He began to to tell them, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has anointed me to open the prison and set free those that are bound. He has anointed me to preach deliverance to those who are in captivity. And then he said he has anointed me to bind up the brokenhearted. And he sat down, he closed the book and he sat down and and all eyes were fastened on him. And to that he looked at them and said, "This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears this is no longer just an inspired writing of the prophet isaiah that you have to wait and hope will come to pass but this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears and it's an amazing passage of scripture and it's it's important, and I hope and pray that all across this nation and across this world right now, preachers are standing behind pulpits and reminding people who are faint hearted, who are broken hearted, who are bruised, who are wounded, who are bound, reminding them that Jesus is the answer. I hope that preachers are reminding the people of this earth. That Jesus is the way. That Jesus is the truth. That Jesus is the life. I want to make sure today that it's, it's very clearly understood. That Jesus came specifically to bind up the brokenhearted. I say that because there are people who are heartbroken in our world today. There are people in this building right now whose hearts are broken. The old song says that we, our hearts are made to bleed for each thoughtless word or deed. And we wonder why the test when we try to do our best, but we'll understand it better by and by. Our hearts are made to bleed for each thoughtless word or deed. And, and can somebody relate to that this morning? Thoughtless words, thoughtless deeds, they, they enter our heart. They penetrate the core of who we are. And we bleed and we're broken and we're punctured and we're wounded. People are broken hearted today. We don't always know why they are broken hearted. Don't just judge a book by its cover. There's a lot of pain underneath that harsh facade. There's a lot of woundedness underneath those idiosyncrasies that cause you to want to turn people away. Jesus was not turned away or turned off by people's idiosyncrasies. The more unusual they were, Jesus was drawn to them. Because Jesus saw things that we don't see. He could sense things that we don't take the time or care to discern. He sensed the brokenness of people's hearts. He could tell that they were hurting. And while society would say, I'm done with them, I've given them enough chances. No more. They'll never hurt me again. Jesus looked deep into the soul of the person and saw the woundedness that they had experienced through their life. Jeremiah said about the heart of man, he said, the heart is deceitful above all things. I want you to consider that for a moment. The heart is deceitful above anything else you've ever known to be deceitful. The heart of man is more deceitful than anything you've ever known to be deceitful. The heart is deceitful above all things. And the heart is wicked. Not just wicked, but desperately wicked. And then he said something that really I think is worth us taking the time to understand. He said... Who can know it? Who can know it? I want to pose that question to you this morning. Do you know your heart? Do you know your heart? Do you even know what your heart is? Do you even know what your soul is? Or your spirit? I'm describing mysterious, invisible things that exist within the context of a person's life and you and I have a heart and we have a soul and we have a spirit and we don't even know how to deal with it we don't know how to put our hands on it we can't take a wrench and a hammer and a screwdriver and try to fix this thing called a heart who can know it it's a rhetorical question the answer is nobody but Jesus Only God knows the heart. Let me me give to you the scripture from Hebrews 4 that that describes the the, the operation of the Word of God as though he were a surgeon performing a precision type surgery upon the invisible parts of man and woman. The Bible says the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword there is no surgical instrument as precise or sharp as the word of god it is sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit that's very important ladies and gentlemen because you and i we do not know the difference between our soul and our spirit our soul the conscience that god gave to us when god breathed into man man became a living soul this little area of our heart that god set aside almost as a sensory so that when we fell he could still speak to us through our conscience and then our spirit which is where our emotions lie our spirit which is where we speak to ourselves we don't know the difference between when God is speaking to us and when we are speaking to ourselves. So the word of God becomes a deciding factor. And it divides the soul from the spirit and it teaches us this is God and this is you. This is God and this is you. If you can't tell if God is speaking to you or if you are speaking to yourself, look into the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord will show you the voice of God. He divides to the asunder of soul and spirit and to the joints and marrow of the bone and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You can't go to any heart specialist and have them open you up and discern the thoughts and the intents of your heart. They can, they can open you up and talk about certain valves. And they can describe the way certain arteries are or are not functioning correctly. They can give you understanding as to blockages that exist. And they can talk about whether the heart of your natural body is beating correctly. But they can't deal with the thoughts of your heart. They can't deal with the intent of your heart. Because I'm not talking about the heart of your natural body. I'm talking about the heart of your spiritual body. And the Bible speaks a lot about it. Let me tell you how important it is to understand your heart. The greatest commandment of all. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of your heart that is what god expects of me god expects me to love him with all with my whole heart and i don't even know what my heart is i don't even know where to find it i don't know how to put my hand on it who can know it yeah there's a lot of people with a broken heart there's only one who can deal with the broken heart. Amen. Jesus came to bind up the brokenhearted. I remember sitting in my office one day and a man that I taught Bible studies to and had the Lord had brought him into the into the into the church. Came to my office, 75-year-old man. And he said, Pastor, I need to talk to you. I said, All right. Let's talk. How's everything going? Good. How's, How's the wife doing? She's doing great. Chit-chat. Small talk. I didn't know that deep inside my friend, Junior, was this broken, barely beating heart. He said, Pastor, I have to tell you something about myself. He said, when I was 11 years old, my mother left our house one day and uh, put me in charge of my three-year-old brother. She had to go into town for something. She was just going to the store and was coming back. I argued with her and I told her, Mom, please don't do that. I want to play basketball with my friends. Just You can imagine an 11-year-old boy wanting to play basketball with his friends and and the mother said, no, Junior, I need you to take care of your little brother. I have to go into town and, and you're going you're gonna to have to wait. So Junior, against his mother's instruction, said, well, I'll play basketball and take care of my little brother. So he took his little brother down to the basketball court and he got engaged in the basketball game. He said, Pastor, I was playing basketball and I was enjoying the game and it was competitive and we were having fun. And, and I resented the fact that my little brother was even somebody I had to take care of. He said, all of a sudden, I heard the sound of a train coming to a screeching halt. There were railroad tracks just down the, the way a little bit. And the, and, 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 and the train came to a screeching halt. He said, my, my heart jumped into my throat. And I ran down to the tracks because I couldn't find my brother anywhere. And, Pastor, my brother got hit by that train that day. He said, my brother died that day. He said, my mother came home and she she never said a word. He said, it changed her from that day on. She was never the same. And He breaks down crying in my office. He said, Pastor, I've never been able to forgive myself for what I did to my mother that day. I said, Junior, let me tell you something. I said, first of all, the reason your mother didn't talk a lot about it was not because she was blaming you. Her heart was broken just like your heart was broken. But I've come to tell you today, Junior, that the Lord God has already washed that from your life. There should be no condemnation in you over that. The Lord will take care of your little brother. And God will bind up your broken heart, Junior. And Junior listened to me that day. And, and as, he, as we prayed and we wept together. And I said, Junior, all this time I've known you. I've never known this about you. And I said, I'm so sorry that you struggled with this all these years. And he wept in my office. He said, I've never been able to forgive myself for what I did with my brother. And what it did to my mother. And, and, and I thought to myself as he left. For 64 years this man has struggled with a broken heart. He has run from the thought of this whole experience, this whole episode. And that's exactly what happens with people and their heart. Broken hearts are are hearts that break along life's pathway. They splinter here and they splinter there. Something happens at the age of five that that you don't even fully comprehend. You, You just know that something was said. Something was done. Perhaps it was a bully on a playground. Or maybe it was a loved one that you thought that you could trust. But something somewhere violated your innocent heart and broke it. Chipped off a piece of your heart. And the piece of your heart is still laying back When you were five years old, you never picked it up. You didn't know it was there. It wasn't something tangible. It wasn't something you could see. You didn't see the splinters fly. You didn't see the shrapnel. All you know is that something changed that day. I'll tell you what changed. Your heart broke. Your heart was chipped away at and that happens. It happened again when you were 9 and again when you were 11 and again when you were 14 and then again at 16. And then and then it was broken when you trusted someone with it in regard to loving them. And then they broke it and then someone else broke it. And then you began to hurt people because of your own broken heart. See, here's the problem with a broken heart. We are to love God with all of our heart. But I can't love God with all of my heart if some of my heart is chipped away back when I was five and some of it's fallen off back when I was nine. Some of it fell off over at 11. I can't go back. I don't know where to find it. It's invisible to me. So I can't love God with all of my heart. I can't love my neighbor with all of my heart. Because I've got a broken heart. And I want you to know that society and, and the ills of society and the problems that we face as a nation. It is all a result of broken hearted people breaking each other's hearts. Broken hearted people wounding other people. Hurting each other. People who were never fixed. People who were never cared for. People who never trusted Jesus. Because I've come to tell you today, Jesus has come to bind up the brokenhearted. Let me tell you what that means. That means when you give your life to Jesus, he's going to go back to when you were five years old. And when you were nine years old. And when you were 11 years old. And when you were 14 years old. And when you were, he's going to pick up the pieces. And he's going to put it back together. hallelujah 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 he's gonna put it back together see the scripture says that God takes out the stony heart he removes our stony heart the reason you have a stony heart is because with every piece of your heart that chipped away a callus grew in its place Scar tissue grew over where the heart used to be. Where your heart was broken. Where the infraction was made. Where the insult was given. Where the the barb penetrated who you are. And when you began to inflict wounds on others and your heart broke because of your own actions. For each thoughtless word or deed, our hearts are made to bleed. And, And as this happens heart would, would try to heal itself and your heart can't heal itself. Only Jesus can heal your heart. It's like breaking a leg and, and, and never putting a cast on it, never binding it up, but letting it heal on its own and it heals the wrong way. And so you don't even know something's wrong, you've just gotten used to the limp. You've just gotten used to the dysfunction. You've learned how to let people go and never speak to them again. You've learned how to burn bridges as well. That's life. You've learned how to deal with embarrassment. How to deal with humiliation. You've learned how to think that it's normal. That it's normal to be bitter. That it's normal to be resentful. That it's normal to be ashamed. That it's normal to not forgive. You've learned to think it's normal and it's not normal. It's not normal. The bones grew back the wrong way, the heart calloused over instead of actually being made whole. You know what has to happen when the bones don't grow back together? They have to be broken again. They have to be broken again by the wise and loving hands of the great physician. Hallelujah. When we tell you today, be broken in the sight of God let him break you that should not be scary to you can i tell you that he's going to get you in his hands and when he makes you broken the song says sweetly broken wholly surrendered at the cross at the cross i bow." he'll Break the heart again. But when he breaks it, he's gonna break it. He's gonna break the callousness. He's gonna break the scar tissue. He's gonna break all the hardening of your heart that you've allowed to occur. And he's going to give you a new heart, a new heart of flesh. He's going to give you the original heart he always intended you to have, the heart that's innocent, the heart that's blameless, the heart that's pure. Hallelujah. 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 A whole heart again. Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, he said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Pastor, I never understood that before. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I never understood that. I, 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 I thought I did. Blessed are the pure in heart, because one day they're going to go to heaven they're gonna see God but but a little lady in my church who had dealt with a broken heart came to me and said pastor I got to share with you what the Lord showed me I said all right you know I thought I'd be patient you know she's gonna teach me the great theologian something (laughs) blessed are the pure in heart she said pastor when a person is pure in heart They see God. They don't see the problems at face value. They see God. They don't see their difficulties as something being shallow or something on the surface. They see God. The pure in heart see God in everything. Nothing comes against them that they don't see God. Nothing can come their way and them not see God. They can look back over their life and they can think things over and they can truly say that they've been blessed and they can look at every wound and every infraction and they can see, wait a minute, God was there. God was there. I thought I was alone, but I wasn't alone. God. Was there with me. I'm going to tell you when he gets done purifying your heart, you're going to see him. You're going to see his favor upon your whole life. You're going to see his hand. Oh. He picks up the invisible piece to see. To us, the heart is so intangible and we have these symptoms of a broken heart and don't know that's what they are. Can I tell you, every person who puts forth a half-hearted effort, it's because they're broken-hearted, and they can't do it with their whole heart. Every person who is double-tongued, speaks out of both sides of their mouth, it's because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh and their heart is broken and so What they say, it doesn't even make sense. They say one thing to this person, and another thing to that person. It's a broken heart that's talking. We would just ignore them, cast them aside, call them a liar. But Jesus says today, Zacchaeus, salvation is coming to your house. Look at those kind of people and say, If Jesus knew what kind of woman this was, he wouldn't let her bow down at his feet. He wouldn't stand at a well and talk with her. But Jesus says, He, she who is forgiven much, loveth much. Yeah. Every double-minded man who is unstable in all of his ways, he's double-minded because his heart heart is broken. I know a lot of people have given up on you, but not God, not God. I know you've come here today and you know a lot of people who have said that they wash their hands of you, you have no hope, you don't get it, you just don't get it. But God hasn't given up on you. He takes those big, strong, loving hands that see the invisible things. To him, the heart is very tangible. And he remembers when the chips were chipped off of your heart. He remembers every moment when your heart fell off. When this part of your heart was callous. And he's gone back. He's gathered them all up. He's gathered them all up. And he's binding up the broken pieces of your heart. And he's holding them together. He's holding it together. He's holding it together. Have you ever broken like a, like a cup or a saucer? And, and, and sometimes if you break it and it's a clean break, you can get super glue. And you can apply the gorilla glue, super glue, put it together and hold it together just hold it together if you hold it long enough it'll stick if you let him hold you long enough don't get impatient come on don't get impatient don't try to turn around don't try to go back don't let somebody offend listen you're not gonna offend me out of the church you're not gonna backbite me out of the church you're not gonna rumor mill me out of the church I'm letting him hold me together that's what he means when he says be still be still stop 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 trying to do it your own way be still and know that I still and see the salvation of the Lord. Listen, listen, here's the problem. You know what it is? If it's a clean break, we can fix it. It's when it shatters that we don't know what in the world we're doing. We're like, just sweep it up and throw it away, but not God, not God. Every jot, every tittle, every piece of dust every particle everything every little splinter every little sliver of glass he pulls it together he'll reach back into your childhood he'll reach back into the early days of your marriage he'll reach back into your teenage years and he'll scrape it all up and he'll put each piece exactly where it fits He'll put you back together. And if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. All things are become new. Hallelujah. Somebody lift up your hands right now somebody lift up your
0: hands
1: hallelujah hallelujah come on I want somebody with a broken heart I want you to run to this altar I want somebody who's ever dealt with a broken heart I want you to run to this altar and say God put me back together hold me together come on some of you are trying to get your act together you don't need to get your act together your act is what got you in this mess in the first place you need god to put you back together Oh God.
0: Oh God. Come on, just pour it out
1: to him. Give him the invisible parts of you. Give him the parts of you that you can't find, you can't touch, you can't see, you can't hear. Come on, do that right now in the name of the Lord. Tell him, say, God, I don't really know how to do this. I don't really know how to do this. But I, Lord, I give you my heart. Lord, I give you my soul. Do it right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, right now, in the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Ghost is sweeping through this place. Come on, give him your heart right now, in the name of Jesus. Give him those past experiences. Oh, God. Oh, God. He loves all of In the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus, Lord God, Lord God.